0: For this week's episode of Grapplecast, it's me, Taryn, alongside Jamie, Dan, and Joe. Hello. What up, Oos? Hello. What up? How's it going, Ben? Yeah, not too
1: bad. How is everyone? Yeah, yeah. Wrestled. Well, I'm not wrestled out. I love wrestling, but and we've had what a
0: weekend of wrestling that we've had. Did we? Yeah. Thirty sports entertained. (laughs) What were you? Were we yeah. really sports entertained. I tell you why, we were all really sports entertained over Ric Flair's last match. That's what it was.
1: Oh, I've seen. I haven't watched it, but I've. Watched, you don't um, watched it.
0: Little,
1: with little clips, I can't oh, bring myself to no. it. I've um, heard loads of reviews about how he like falls asleep during the figure four and all sorts.
0: <laughs> well, like, Jamie, have you watched it? No. It is <laughs> better than Raw. Better than SummerSlam. It was probably the best thing I've seen since WrestleMania Backlash this year. Let me
2: ask you this question, though. You watched Ric Flair last match. Did That's you it. watch the rest of the card?
0: No. Why would I need to? <laughs> no. Um, it was apparently very Is it because Undertaker, Mick
2: Foley and Bret Hart were all there?
0: Yeah, they were all there on the front row. So it was Conrad Thompson. Um, he, who, hey, i
2: Conrad Thompson.
0: <laughs> yeah, who else was there? <laughs> Obviously, the family were there. Um but yeah, take Taker Foley and uh and Brett Hart and Michelle McCool. Michelle well, obviously, yeah. And then Blizzy um What's his chops at the end was interviewing Flair when he could barely talk and he was like, Oh, it was such a privilege to see the greatest wrestler in the world in his last match and Brett Hart's face was like greatest wrestler in the world, what I'm saying. <laughs> Tony Schiavone <laughs> That was it, Tony. Um yeah, Rick Rick Flair's last match, but what 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 could I possibly say about that? I mean, everybody knew before it was going to start that it was the worst decision he could have done. And even people now... Go on. Can we we now just leave the
1: memories alone?
0: Well, we should have done anyway, yeah.
3: It's like beating a dead horse, you know, like Ric Flair's last match should be WrestleMania 24 against, you know, Shawn Michaels. And even then, Shawn Michaels had to put in, you know, a lot of work to help him out, you know, and it's all these years later, and he still wants to r- wrestle again. And he, this allegedly is his last match. I mean, is it like Terry Funk, where he has to have like a severe disability for him not to wrestle
0: again? <laughs> I mean, this this will be his last match. He won't. And and as far as I'm concerned, I think as far as everyone was concerned, if we look at it in canon, WrestleMania was his last match. Forget TNA. Forget you know that that was that was his last match. And I mean this. Not only was it pointless anyway, and it didn't need to happen, it went the way in which everybody knew it was going to go. You know, this is why it was a tag team match. You know, Ric Flair was minimal in what he did, and what he did was, yeah. yeah. You can't say anything good about any of it because it was was pointless. You knew it was going to be a terrible match anyway, but on the ring entrances, he comes out to the ring and you can see he's like, I mean, he's wearing the big gold belt. But if you didn't know he was wearing the big gold belt, I'd seen a picture. Because I, I I, was going to watch it and I forgot it was on. And then I thought, oh, God, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't need spoilers anyway. It's obvious that Flair's going to win. So when I saw Ric Flair won his final match, I was like, oh, God, yeah, the Flair match. doesn't matter about the spoilers knew he was going to win anyway. But And I saw him with the picture with the big gold belt. But if you didn't know he was going to come out with the big gold belt, he kind of, like, walks out. He's got the rope on, but he kind of, like, walks out backwards. So all you can see is the back of him. And you can see him, like, holding on to his waist. He, like, you'd be thinking, what is he doing? Is he trying to, like, keep his shorts up? Um, Is he, like, you can see he's holding on to something, but it's not obvious he's holding on to a belt. And then he kind of, like, he starts undoing his rope whilst his back's facing the camera, while still trying to hold on to this belt. I assume it was just too heavy for him, which is, if that's a sign that, you know, some chap in his 70s should not be wrestling, that the wrestling belt he wore for years and years and years is too heavy for him to wear, he probably shouldn't be getting in the ring. Um, But then he turns around and it's the big reveal and it gets a bit of a pop. And, you know, people are like, oh, yeah, great. You know, happy days. Um, And then he can't get the thing off. But not because it's too awkward to get off. It's too heavy for him to get off. He physically can't, like... If he pulled the strap with one hand, it would just fall to the floor. He wouldn't be able to pull the strap and keep hold of the belt with one arm or with one hand. So he kind of, like, gestures over to a stagehand or come and get the belt, come and get the belt. And then they come over. And he, he then manages to grab hold of the belt with two hands to pass over. And even then, I was like, I've seen everything that I need to see before to see the am even to Yeah,
1: I, I think you pretty much summed it up. But you, you look at it, the actual arena was packed. There wasn't a spare seat in the house. And the tickets were absolutely ridiculously priced. And to actually watch it live, the price to watch the pay-per-view was ridiculously priced. So they made a killing. So he's definitely got himself a little bit of money. And it has highlighted, you know, the, apparently the women's match, Deanna parazo, Jordine Grace, and there was another lady in the match that was supposed to be was a really good match um the briscoes i think had a, a decent showing in a tag so the undercard apparently was a really amazing um and this yeah. was just like a gimmick thing to finish it off with and double J, he did uh, double duty
0: as well so that guy's he been did. a busy boy
2: did he even he... do anything at the first one but hey, yeah. well
0: let's be honest he didn't we'll get on that although he was very very good he was th- You'd think he was still an active wrestler. He did more than Andrade. I don't get the hype with Andrade, especially at the minute. Um, you know, Jade Lethal and um, Jeff Jarrett in that match were the ones carrying it. Jeff looked better than Jade Lethal. I'd argue in the actual match itself, he had more to do. He had the the bigger spot, um, but he looked like the active wrestler in it. And there was, you know, there was one point in the match where I think it was. He was on the outside with um, Flair. I can't remember if he was on the outside with Jarrett or, or Lethal. But what, they, they punch him and he grabs hold of his chest like he's about to have heart attack and he starts, like, screaming. And, you know, at that point you think, oh, my God, like, you think he's really hurt himself. And then he does the thumb to the eye and it was all the act. But even then, your heart flutters watching it, thinking, "Oh my good lord!" Like he, you know. So that was actually a decent bit of acting from him, to be fair. But it just goes so, so downhill from then. And you alluded to the fact, alluded to the fact before, you know, where he like falls asleep in the ring. But before that, he he goes to tag in Andrade, and he can't. He just he cannot literally. He's on the floor and he cannot literally lift his arm up. There's no strength or power in his arm. And he kind of has to like flop over and do it. And as soon as he does it and he gets his half assed tag in, he just lies back on the floor with his hands like this and like up. <laughs> and he, he looks dead. He looks dead. And you can see concerned people on the front row looking as if you're like, oh my God, is he all right? No one goes over to check on him. The ref doesn't go and check on him. No, you know, nobody at the side of the ring goes to check on him. And he lies there for about five minutes. And, you know, a lot of wrestling matches don't go on five minutes. So you know that's the longest time to just be there, right there, looking dead. And then he manages; he kind of gets helped up. At one point, he gets some like brass knuckles or something on his hand, and he can't get the brass knuckles on his hand. Andrade has to help him get them onto his fingers because he just can't. You know, he gets busted open at one point, And anyway, yeah, it, it ends with it ends with the figure four leg lock, and he manages to get the figure four leg lock on, and he just flops to the floor with the figure four leg lock on and the referee comes over because jarrett has got both his shoulders on the mat and he hits the three and he he does the three count as the ref but you know everybody knew there that he was counting for the shoulders for Jeff Jarrett because they knew Flair was going to (laughs) win but looking at it logistically both of them were led down flat both of them have their shoulders down on the floor he could have been counting either of them or both of them. Um, but I suppose nobody really cares about that. But again, he just lies there afterwards. And then Andrade comes over as if to celebrate him. He picks his head up and he puts his hand under the back of his head. And you see Flair wake up and you see him mouth. I just passed out to him. <laughs> and oh. Nobody ever needs to see. Anything more Ric Flair in the ring? I don't even want to see him in the ring doing a promo anymore. That was <laughs> enough. He needs to just stop now. He said he's going to stop now. Apparently he's had offers to do bloody. I think he was offered so many hundred thousands to do eight more matches or six more matches, something ridiculous. That I saw, and he said no. Hopefully he won't. I do believe him when he's at that. He won't do any more because I think I think this has to be a wake up call. I would have preferred, if he had to, if he had to have done a last match, which he didn't, but if he had to, I would have honestly preferred if it was a singles match and he went in and he just literally went against somebody like, I don't know, I'm not picking on somebody like an Orange Cassidy or a Dan Housen, but somebody that can take a loss and it can be a bit comedic at the same time. And he literally did, you know, the bell rung, he threw a few punches, a few chops in the corner a thumb to the eye, figure four leg lock done over in not even two minutes. And then that should have been that. They couldn't charge the amount of money of what they were doing for, for something like that. But dear God, if they had to do, it should have been something like this. This was an absolute train wreck. And I'm surprised the guy's still walking. I don't think <laughs> we've heard anything on his condition since, have we? No, I haven't really heard much since, just about
1: the actual match. But I think it, it reminds me very much of the, the movie The Wrestler. About how oh, he had one last match. And all we saw at the end of the rest, there was Randy the Ram jumping off the top rope and the lights
0: just went black. It was kind of almost like that, in a way. (laughs) It was probably like that for him. At least Randy could still wrestle in that film at the end. At least that was his (laughs) last hurrah. I mean, this is terrible. Have you seen any highlights, Jamie, or anything of it?
2: Nothing at all. I don't want to.
0: Don't. don't. He he said before, I'm going to wear a T-shirt because my body's not in the best shape. And he kind of wore like a purple singlet type thing that didn't tuck into a short, so you couldn't really waste trunks. You couldn't really see him wearing any trunks either. But, you um, know, don't get me wrong, He's, his arms, they were still musclelier than mine are ever going to be. And it showed like a promo video of him working out beforehand, and he was, you know, doing the rowing machines, doing the weights, doing everything. I mean, you don't know how long he was doing for. You might have literally done two reps and he turned the camera off. But um, you know, he he was doing it, and he's still in better shape than I I would ever be in. But yeah, I mean, and it was still better than Summer, Summer. It was still no, I'm joking, I'm joking. Don't watch it, or if you must do, just watch some highlights as well. And. You know, that, that's basically everything in a nutshell from what I just said. You don't need to do it anymore, and that should be the end of it. Thank you, Rick. Thank you for your Hall of Fame career. We thanked you about 10, 15 years ago at WrestleMania, and that <laughs> should have been it. The end. The end. Did we watch SummerSlam? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh I
2: was the only one that watched it live, though, because Taryn is not uh, right.
0: No. So, Right. I was wakes up at 4.15 it,
2: like, whilst I'm on the main event.
0: I'm just starting it now. <laughs> so we went to the football, me and Jamie, in the afternoon. And I said, you look, I'm watching it live. Don't worry, I will do Anyway, I got home, had some tea, looked after the baby, bathed him, got him to bed. And I was shattered. But I thought, no, I can stay up. And then I thought, no, I can't. So I thought, I let the wife go to bed. I set an alarm on my phone for quarter to one and thought, that's fine, gives me a chance to wake up, no problem. Led down on the sofa, fell asleep. I woke up at half past three, and I must have literally turned off my alarm whilst I was in a deep sleep, because I have no recollection of my alarm going off. And then I thought, it's half past three now. I I can't be out, I'm carrying on going back to sleep. And then my son woke up at about four o'clock, he did, for a feed. And I thought, right, I'll feed him, and then I'll start watching. So I went onto the network and just clicked play from the beginning, knowing that the main event would still be on, and I messaged Jamie. So, yeah, so I ended up starting to watch it from about quarter past four, half past four onwards. So he finished at about, what, nine o'clock, something like that, in the morning. Um, but I was glad I watched it. Joe and Dan, you, you watched it the next day, did you? Yeah, yeah. I watched it the next
1: day. I had a very busy weekend, so I was going to actually attempt to stay up, but it's such a long weekend. I just well watched it fresh the next day, and I'm glad I did. You know, I think I took in a lot more of what happened, and I will stand by this. It's the paper, so far the pay per view of the year for me.
0: You didn't yeah, do right. that. You didn't do that silly thing where you still read the results before, did you? Even though you knew you were about to watch the show.
1: Oh no, of course not. I watched it just as it happened, you know, so I get the oh, surprise.
0: Good. Oh good, good stuff. So, yeah, pay-per-view of the year. So, uh, initial thoughts then on, on the event. You've said pay-per-view of the year. What what brings you to that conclusion? Well,
1: every match, or right, most matches, they actually had something memorable about them. You know, something either happened during it or that happened at the end of it. There was a surprise that came out. Oh, you know, there was a, a couple of heel turn and a face turn. And things, you know, we will be mentioning this summer stand for, in 10 years' time. or You know, just like you do with the Stone Cold Steve Austin beer track. We'll be on about Brock Lesnar's tractor for 20 30 years. That'll be shown at his Hall in Fame induction. That will, it's absolutely incredible.
0: You were a fan then, Joe, of the event overhaul?
3: Yeah, I echo dad's thought like every match had a moment where you're like, Oh my god, um, the wrestling overall was good, like the storytelling was excellent, and it wasn't too long of a pay per view. No, normally the premium live events like five six hours long it was about three and a half hours four hours like just overall like it, it it didn't feel tight and there was no matches they felt oh they're just putting in this match for a filler match you know oh they're just they're just filling time here every match had
0: meaning behind it which i liked and we put a twitter poll on Line and I think the general consensus was I mean that it was an, an A I think there were a couple of As and Bs or well, that somebody still put D there were a couple of I want to know D. who put that
1: D whoever um, put that D needs to tell us why
0: I certainly don't think it was I think you know it wasn't perfect it had its flaws we'll go through each match um well match match by match as, as we normally do and talk about them um but you know there there was definitely a couple of nitpicks that I could pick out from there but yeah I. I, I thought it was a, a fairly solid show. You concur, Jamie?
1: Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Where are you getting with, with the year from? I don't know, but carry on.
0: He's going. He's thinking full gear.
2: Double <laughs> other. You're saying it's better than the AEW events?
0: Oh, hands down.
2: All
0: right. I thought. I would go as far as saying the event was more and from a sports entertainment perspective, it was more entertaining than any AEW event. I would still say the AEW events from a wrestling technicality standpoint are better. But I think I think I come to the conclusion now that it's unfair to compare or rank AEW and WWE. Events or shows against each other, or certainly at the moment, whilst we're still in a way in the Vince McMahon era, only just coming out of it, I think whether or not there will be a drastic change in perspective as far as the sports entertainment to the wrestling side of things over the next one, two, three years with Triple H, I don't know if there will. It is still sports entertainment. Um, but I I think you've got to kind of take them each on their own merit, WWE and AW. You can say that. This is the best AEW event of the year, and this is the best WWE event of the year. But necessarily to say which was better? I think there'll always still be a this is a better sports entertainment product, and this is a better wrestling product, and I don't think that's going to change. And um, I mean that that's my that's my take on it. I mean, let's say just moving on slightly we're all saying that, you know, regardless of whether we think it was the best wrestling event of the year or not, we're all saying it was a, it was a very, very good show. It was Triple H's first premium live event in charge, let's say. Mm. I think there was probably still Vince elements in there from things that had previously been written, you know, storylines, you know, coming to a conclusion or and whatnot. The event. But can we go as far as saying yet yeah, that, you know, if if you didn't know Vince had retired, but we'd said, oh, Triple H is taking charge of some things, Vince McMahon's taking charge of some things, they're both kind of sharing the load, if you would, and then you watch SummerSlam, could you conclusively say that was a Triple H show or that was a Vince McMahon show, or do we think it kind of blurred the lines between them?
1: I think with Triple H, he's somebody who shadowed Vince McMahon for... Twenty odd years ever since he had that quad injury, um, and he came he came back with U two. Then um, he's been shadowing Vince McMahon. He's been having a look at the corporate side of things, so he knows what that man can do. And you know WWE has been a money maker for decades. Um, so they're not going to completely flip the script and make it a completely new, different company like NXT Black and Gold was. I think there's going to be a lot of elements there that of all, WWE will always be and will always continue to be. They've got a model of how their business works. Their stock price is up 10%, 20%. Um, they, they're doing incredibly well. Um, but I do think with Triple H, in terms of how we run NXT, what he knows of really good talent that's out there and how to use the talent. I mean, you look at Raw, for example. There was two triple threats on Raw for, um, to make a number one contender for the US title. We've seen Chad Gable in, in, a, triple, in a triple threat match. Don Sigler was in a triple threat match. We even saw Mr Farley was in a triple threat. And AJ, you know, and those matches were absolute bangers. And if you said a month ago, would I have seen that? No. I probably would have seen the exact same match. I would have seen Jimmy Uso versus Montez Ford for the seventy-fifth time. You know, they're actually mixing it up. It is nice to see. Did we not
0: get Jay Uso versus the other Street Profit?
1: No. On this week's
0: show, what did we get? This week
1: was uh, Mysterios versus the Uso's because it was Reams 2's 20th anniversary, so we got a tag
0: title match. Who did Montez Ford versus... Oh, Seth Rollins. Yeah. We've got to roll this for, yeah, fair enough. I think we're going to have a Montez Wood heel turn soon. Interesting. Hmm. I think that you can look at SummerSlam and you can take parts of the show and you can say conclusively that was a Triple H decision. I yeah. don't think you can necessarily say conclusively this part of SummerSlam was necessarily something that was always going to happen weeks ago when Vince was still in charge and it was a Vince thing. But I think you can probably say out had a Vince influence, like a decision was maybe influenced by something that Vince has done in the past or the type of thing that he would have done. So, you know, like I said, we're going to look at each match separately in a moment. But if we take, for example, the returns that happened at the end of the first match, for example... I think you could probably say quite confidently that it's a Triple H thing. He's kind of got that together in the last few days, put that together, made the phone calls that he needs to, and that's happened because of him. However, the big spot that happened with Barak and the Digger tractor side of things at the end, I don't necessarily know if that was necessarily a Vince McMahon thing. However, it could very well have been a Triple H decision, but I think that's a very much influenced by a Vince McMahon side of things. Does that make sense? I think that's your yeah. sports entertainment side of things that think, may have I think been mentioned. Triple H is a rock and
3: our place. Um sorry to interrupt you there, Tarant. I think You're Triple right. H rock rock and our place, you know, um every match on SummerSide has been advertised for weeks if not months. So even though now Triple H is now in charge, he can exactly, you know, change the car completely. He he kind of had to work with what he had. Yes he's changed a lot of things and a lot of people have been turned face or heel or people came back he directly influenced them but he couldn't actually you know change any of the matches because i know card subjects should change but you can't change the entire pay-per-view because yeah that's what well sold out the arena so oh. he's basically played the cards he's been dealt but he's like he's added a couple of jokers in there just to like liven it up a bit
0: and I I think you're right, Joe. And I think, you know, I'm not I'm not saying, for example, that that digger spot in the main event wasn't a Triple H idea. It may very well have been. But if it came out tomorrow on a Dave Meltzer report, oh, by the way, that was planned six weeks ago and that was a Vince idea. Absolutely. I could believe that. Mm. Um, or it could have been something, you know, that Vince has said, oh, we'll, we'll get this involved and we'll get him down and, you know, get him to push the ring. And then Triple H is, you know, taking that one step further and said, well, actually, now he's going to lift the ring. And there's your influence from Vince, but then also your your input from Triple H as well. So and I I think it's important not to lose that. You know, at the end of the day, we watch WWE because it's entertaining as well. Yes, we want to see good wrestling, but we also watch things like AEW for that. WWE can't lose its sports entertainment. Um, aspect because ultimately that's what that's what it's been since the 80s you know your your superhero gimmicks your Hogan's your warriors you know yeah anything like that well that's arguably not wrestling that's storytelling that's characterization if they suddenly said next week oh by the way Raw next week. Forget all storylines, forget all characters, that that type of thing. This is just going to be generic wrestler A versus generic wrestler B, and it's going to be five matches on wrestling. The wrestling might be great, but it's not necessarily going to be entertaining, and it can't lose that. And I think it was important for Triple H to make his mark at SummerSlam by saying, here's a decent event, here's some solid matches, and here's some storytelling, but we're not going to lose what makes a WWE special, and here's those elements, kind of like putting that safe blanket on it. And I think that's why it ended up being a, you know, a, a really decent show. And I'll agree with you all on that. For me, it was a solid B. I don't think I'd quite give it an A, but a B plus maybe. Um, There was elements in there which we're going to get into now that they could have done better. But it certainly wasn't a bad show. And it was definitely entertaining. And the main event was certainly entertaining. Right, shall we have a look at each match then? So, do you want to Let's kick us it. off then? Uh, do you want to kick us off then, Dan? For no reason at all. Then I'm picking on you. We had the uh, Raw Women's Championship match to start us off. We had Bianca Belair defending the championship against Becky Lynch. She, of course, was ultimately successful in her title defense. Um, so, yeah, what were your thoughts on the match and uh, and and the ending as well, and what we saw?
1: Yeah, I think ultimately you look at it, and it's a match that we've seen two or three times beforehand. And there was a lot of matches at SummerSlam where we were going into it going, I've seen this before, why do I have to watch it again? You need to get me invested. And I think they really did. There was the the Becky, Becky didn't really know where she was, uh, who she was. She was trying to find herself. You know, she lost at WrestleMania and she was still on the backlash from that, no pun intended. Um, But, you know, there's a good bit of storytelling that you can tell there was a fight, the need, the desperateness to get that title back. But then you could see the point of the match where she had popped her shoulder out. And you could actually see the redness on her shoulder and she was carrying on. Um, All in all, it was an actual solid opener. We all said that it was going to be Lashley versus Theory as the opener. But actually, I was really happy that this was the opening match. And then to see right at the end when those C musics happen, first you get Bailey coming out. And we're like, well, you know what? We were all discussing when's Bailey coming back. People were talking about her being in the PC. She's been seen out with Sasha Banks having coffee and stuff. So we kind of knew that was happening. And I know last week I said, oh, I hope Triple H brings some of these people like Io Shirai to the forefront. You know, instead of letting her fizzle out, she's one of the best women's wrestlers we know. And lo and behold, she's the second woman who's brought out. And the third woman I think that everybody was shocked with is Dakota Kai. You know, Dakota Kai is one of these people. You could kind of half put a name in the AEW talk for the new CBS champ you know championship tournament when they've done these tournament things and they brought in new people with ring of honor starting up like kids should potentially be going over and going to her EV name. You know, you didn't really see anything on the on the socials about her renaming herself or doing anything. She kind of kept on the down low. Um and then for her to come out that was like the biggest shock I think everyone you know there is the point where some people might not know who Dakota Kai is. Like I watched a lot of NXT and LXD UK, I know who Dakota Kai is. She's very, very good at what she does. But like Jamie said, for example, they should have actually had he said that they should have Bailey come out last because that would have been more of a surprise. But actually, to me, it was more of a surprise having Yoshirai and Bitty and um, Dakota Kai coming out after each other because we're going, well, hang on, what's going on here? And it leads into now what's going to happen going more towards Clash at the Castle. I see a six-woman tag match in the future. Now we know Becky's written off who's going to be teaming with Bianca Belair. There's rumours that it potentially is going to be um, Naomi and Sasha coming back, but I think it's more likely going to be someone like Alexa Bliss and another face. You know, there's rumours that potentially could be Tegan Knox coming back at Cardiff, which I'd love to see. But all in all, for an opening match, and it's a it's really decent match, but you ask anybody what happened at SummerSlam and the ladies returning will be one of the three things everybody brings up. And for that to be an opener, that opened it and everyone's talking about it. And what closed it, in terms of a book, having a strong opening and a strong ending, in terms of an actual overall show, you know, the bit in the middle you can work with, but having a strong opening and a strong ending, that to me makes it more towards an A grade for a pay-per-view in a way, because it from start to finish, you entertain.
0: And it got people talking. That was the main thing. You want your opening match to you know kick off the show in the right way you don't want to be downtrodden and dealt be before the events even properly started so That's not it. only in my view was it a it was a decent wrestling match we're going back to sports entertainment and wrestling but this was a decent wrestling match by two women who were very decent wrestlers and competitors um it was booked the right way um I think the right person did go over, regardless of who picked two predictions, which we'll go over in a minute. But looking at it, the right person did go over. Um, you mentioned as well the, um, you know, the injury that Becky sustained during it, because at first, because I, I honestly didn't notice it during the match, and then I saw on Twitter afterwards they showed that like photo of her with like the separation on the shoulder. There, I thought, God, that looks nasty. And then of course, Raw on Monday, and last night at the time of recording. She, um, you know, came out with the sling on and she's going to be out, unfortunately, for a number of months. But she'll come back bigger and better and stronger like she always does when she when she comes back. But I I agree with you on, on the fact that it was a, a decent solid opener. And then you got the surprise at the end of the match as well, which is, you know, some decent storytelling. It kicks off a, a new storyline. Hopefully we'll get a decent match at Clash of the Castle. I, I kind of in agreement with yourself that we are going to see that six woman match. Um, I'm slightly concerned on the fact that it might be a bit of a couple of throwaway opponents for um, Bianca Belair, because I think, you know, if she hadn't have been injured, it would have been, be- you know, Bianca, Becky, and, I don't know, take your pick. Maybe somebody like a Tegan knows, like you say, somebody else returning or an Alexa Bliss. But now I think they're just going to kind of pick a couple of names and it's not going to mean much after the match. But, you know, we'll see. We can't moan too much. It was a decent opener prediction wise on that one unfortunately only two of us got a point that was Dan and Jamie they both went with a retain (laughs) of Bianca Belair um unfortunately for Joe and myself we both went with uh Becky Lynch um it didn't happen unfortunately Joe so no points for no either of us
3: on that one I'm, I'm actually really happy at the end of it like I'm yeah obviously I'm disappointed that I didn't get the point in the prediction league but Well, actually the storyline wise it was like, yeah, okay, I can kinda let him go with that one.
0: Fair enough. Right then, from one decent match to potentially another Jamie, what was your thoughts on Logan Paul's singles debut against the Miz, in which he was ultimately victorious?
2: Yeah, I think we saw at WrestleMania that he has got some kind of talent for the business. He kind of transitions well into pro, into professional wrestling and sports entertainment. And I wasn't really worried that he, it was going to be an awful match because that's what The Miz kind of does now. It's his role in the company, isn't it, to look after the celebrities. Like, there's a few documentaries I've been watching at the moment and they always kind of say, now, there's three spots at WrestleMania. You, want, you either want the opening, you want the end match, or you want the celebrity match. Because they're the ones that gonna be talked about the most, those three matches. If you're kind of in the mid card, you're kinda of bit like eh. But um yeah. To so being a celebrity match, I said, Ms. Logan Paul. Um solid match. Yeah. I will say as well though, about the previous match with Bailey coming back. I just thought it was done wrong. I know we're all excited that they're happy and they're back and stuff. But I don't know, it felt when once these other people were coming out, it was just kind of just died for me. Whereas if you did it the opposite way round, you you bought uh it's Dakota and IOS, isn't it? Yeah, that you bought Dakota Kai out first, everyone would have lost the shit over that That why the hell's Dakota Kai back. Then they bring out IOSHI and they'd be like, Oh, what the hell's yeah, I've butchered the name, don't worry. But both of them come out. And you're just be like, what the hell's going on here? Like, this is incredible. And then all of a sudden, then Bailey's music hits. You're just building up that beautiful crescendo moment. Whereas it peaked at Bailey, and I just didn't care after that. That's a fair point. Because then Damn. you're like, what the, what the hell are these two doing here? <laughs> what and are they? Like, they're, like, they're, like, they're, like, they're like a tag team. And then all of a sudden, no, 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 no. And then all of a sudden, they just look up to the ramp, and Bailey just comes in between them. Would have been done perfectly. But yeah. they ruined it. But no, Logan Paul match is good. Logan Paul,
0: I was very impressed with. I thought he had a decent show at WrestleMania and this just heightened it for me. As always, the Miz, we've said it before, is a safe pair of hands. I think it was pretty obvious that Logan was going to go over. Still, we, we allude to it every week, it doesn't harm the Miz at all because he's just in that position now where he can take these types of losses. That's the type of, you know, that's his character. He bounces back. You know, again, wouldn't surprise me if he was world champion next month. It just, he just wouldn't but the way that they do things. But he was solid throughout. Was Logan Paul? He wrestled better than half of the people on the bloody roster. Do and this is somebody who's not a wrestler. He, re- he certainly wrestled better than Dominic Mysterio. Um, and, and that spot, Dan, the frog splash of mm. the the. They kind of mix between the the Eddie Guerrero Frog Splash and the Shane McMahon leap of faith type thing from the top rope onto the announcer's desk. Uh, and kudos to both of them. Kudos to Logan Paul for agreeing to do that and getting the height that he did, and and and, that, and it looking good. But kudos as well to the Miz, not just for taking it because that's his job, but taking it from somebody who could quite easily have buggered something like that up, not being a you know fully trained professional in you know the sport that he's now in and the spot looked great and you know I came out of that match he, he got booze as we thought he would do coming out did Logan Paul and by the end of it I would say 95% of the people were converted or if they were converted into him they were very much cheering on the fact that he put on a very very decent show and I was happy with him Hmm.
1: Well, I think yeah. Overall, happy with his performance. You could tell he's been putting in a lot of work. But that's you know that's what he's been doing. He's been training very similar with his brother Jake. They train to fight. Um, they, they whether it's pretend fighting or whether it's real fighting. You know, it's, it takes a lot of work, and you can tell that there was a bit of an amateur background in there as well. Um, but yeah, where does he go from here? I think is the, the question. He had a bit of a promo saying he doesn't know where, but he wants to appear again and have another match shortly. But both of them came out strong, you know, they've got this tiny balls thing going on with the Miz and trying to tell a bit of a story and having a bit of fun with it. But yeah, ultimately the TMZs and the, the news articles, they're all going to be talking about what this Logan Paul's going to be doing. And it gets a lot of eyes on the product too. Um but all in all, it was I don't know we say it was a decent match quite often, but it did. It did everything that we wanted it to do. And there were a couple of spots, even with him like Tope and out of the ring. You know, even those spots were absolutely incredible. The suplexes that he was doing, the whole team he was doing. You can't ask for more from the lad.
0: I think we either see him in a multi-man Survivor Series traditional elimination match at Survivor Series where he's almost like, a, whether it's still the Miz or not, he carries out on like Team Paul versus Team Miz and they're the captains for each. Um... Or the next time we see him is at the Rumble in the Rumble match it, itself, which he won't win, but he'll, you know, have a good spot and get some eliminations. It wouldn't surprise if we don't see him in like a um you know, Survivor Series traditional elimination match at Survivor Series and he's in a singles match, I could see him against somebody like a happy Corbin, that type of thing. Somebody again who's a safe pair of hands, who's a heel who he's gonna get the best out of. So uh, and again, I wouldn't be against that because, you know, Logan Paul is not losing any of his first two years worth of matches. If he has two to three matches a year in two to three, in two, three years, he ain't losing any of them. So, again, against a Habit Corbin type, I think that's a, a, a safe bet. We all got points on that one. Happy to say we all went with Logan Paul. That was the uh, that was the safe bet on the night. Hey, Taryn, how does it feel to get a point? Fantastic. Ah. It'll feel even better by the end, believe me. (sighs) Uh, Joe, then, we had Bob the Lash defeating Theory in a just short of five-minute match by submission um, for the United States Championship. Your your thoughts on this one?
3: Yeah, it did exactly what we said on Teddy, It was like, what, like, not even five minutes. Um, But, you know, Theory tried his, like, luck, but he then got put in the hoodlock and tapped out, but... What well, I like about theory, he wasn't in the hurtlock for too long. He basically went in your mind, you're like, oh, I'm going to tap out really quickly so I can save myself by energy for late. So that had you as a fan thinking, going, well, that was a quick tap out. You're like, oh, yeah, he's got the money in the bank contract, so he's definitely going to cash in later. So that's why I was thinking, watching him, like, okay, this is a quick match. It was a quick match for a reason. So it had you in the back of your mind going, okay, so he's, he's going to come out late then, isn't he?
0: Nothing to write home about, Dan, but it didn't need to, really, did it?
3: No,
1: it did do everything that it needed to. Um, it was one of those ones where you thought, realistically, if you have Theory and you have Bobby Lashley, you know exactly who's going to be winning that match. You know, there, there's one of those absolute beast of fan favourite, and he's on the rise, and the other one, massive heel. Um, it's not like he's got an entourage that can help him shoot, and like Joe said, he wants to save his energy. It's almost a bit crap that they wasted a US title match, but I think Triple H is making up for all that now. Um, but yeah, it made you go, okay, well, I can see why he's tapping up really quickly, but then he didn't really have much of an impact in the main event either. Um, but it did make you think everyone was going into it going, are we going to see the youngest world champion be crowned tonight? Um, and this sort of set, set it up, you know, you look at um, when Seth Rollins cashed in his money back at WrestleMania, he lost to Randy Orton inside five minutes, and we saw that spectacular RKO that was stepped up from the um.
2: The greatest stop. of all time
1: yeah and then all of a sudden boom um he runs in and it's the greatest cash of all time um so you're thinking well okay fair he lost that match but he went on to win and steal the show so you thought oh hang on are we seeing that again but no it's good if you asked me though i would have much preferred to have seen somebody else in that us title picture
0: but like who um
1: <laughs> well the people that they've had in the the um, contenders matches. Those all people all the people in those six contenders matches deserved to have a US title shot. Champa versus Lashley, Chad Gable versus Lashley, Mustafa Ali versus Lashley, AJ Styles versus Lashley, the Miz versus Lashley. Obviously the Miz was in a match with Logan Paul, but all of the people who are in those contenders matches, those would have been absolute bangers for the US title. Even like a Johnny Gagano, um, if they ever wanted to get him back. Or they could have someone like a Bron Breaker come over and get a call up. There yeah, are many things you could do if you're actually going to fantasy book it. But if, I, if you wrote on paper, oh, yeah, uh, by the way, we're getting Theory versus Ashley. Sorry, hang on a minute. Didn't we get a Theory versus Ashley at Money Bank? Yeah, we did, but um, it was so mediocre. Are you getting it again?
0: Mm. I think you made a point earlier about Triple H's influence on things, and I think we're already seeing that by the fact of what happened on Raw with the two triple threat matches and then the singles match you know, to build up the main event for all next week for the US title, but also they did a video package beforehand as well where they were talking about the greatest US champs of all time and what it means to hold the strap. Yeah. We've said for too long now that the US title, and I saying the US title and the Intercontinental, it's probably more the Intercontinental Championship that's been, you know, disrespected in the fact that you know, there was that like one title defense in about a year wasn't there for the continental championship so these mid card titles need to mean something again they need to be a stepping stone to the world title but at the same time they need to be recognized on the fact that if you are intercontinental or united states champion it means something and you're being positioned in the card just below the world champion or if the world champion is on both shows, for example, like they are at the moment with the Unified undisputed champion, uh, undisputed champion the way that it is, that if the world champion isn't there, you are representing the brand or the company or the show, whatever, by being the Intercontinental or the US champion. And it needs to mean something again. So hopefully, fingers crossed, we're building to something like that under Triple H's regime. Um, but we all got a point on that one. We all went for Bob the Lash. We did. Fantastic. We did, Jamie. Tell me your thoughts yeah. on the Mysterio's defeating the Judgment Day, and then what
2: happened afterwards. Oh, it was just stupid, wasn't it? <laughs> um, yeah, obviously Edge came back. I think we all kind of expected it. Um, I don't know if none of you obviously watched the um pre-show, but they had the the whole Edge promo again, and it said, "I'm coming tonight." So it was kind of like, oh, Edge is coming. So I was like, well, well this obviously means that the Mysterios are winning because what What other match is he going to come out of? Um. So, yeah, I mean, obviously we had Edge return, which we kind of knew what was happening. We were all happy he was kind of broodified, shall we say. And I haven't watched Raw. I don't know if he still had the same entrance. He still looked like he had no, the No, this finish. is what I'm
0: going to be really annoyed about. No, he just came out to his normal theme.
2: Was it even... It's not even Metalingus anymore, though, is it?
0: No, it just came out to his On This Day. I see clearly. He just yeah, came Metalingus, out his... yeah. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. He's not an ultra doesn't He's not an bridge
1: fan. You know what I mean? I was
0: thinking of the Metallica song. Um, yeah, the he Metallica just came out to his... Yeah, it was Metallica the Judgment Day theme, is Metallica. No, no it isn't. It's it, Alderbrit. Is it not? Oh, it sad, Whatever. It's from the new <laughs> you album. You know what <laughs> I mean. You know what I mean. <laughs> the,
2: the main the point is heavy metal.
0: <laughs> The main point is is that the best thing about that entire match was not the fact that Edge returned or the match itself, it was the remix brew theme that Edge came back to and they dropped that after, like, a day. So that's why I'm not happy.
3: You know what annoyed me about it, Taron? That it was a no-disqualification tag team match, but they still, the referee was still making everyone tag in and out. But there's no disqualification, so it doesn't matter. Right. It's not a yeah, tornado It's
0: not a tornado Yeah, but no, I agree with Joe, though. But he's yeah, not but it's, school, it's so like so it when, when he, he tells them,
2: you know Is that when they're doing rope breaks and stuff, something, they're counting, like, to five? It's like, why? It's no disqualification. Well, they did
0: They went on to the outside at one point. The ref doing a ten count. Well, why? But well, there, there's,
1: there's a reason a for it with the ten. Just, just to explain eat. the reason to that, Joe. Just to get a bit oh, into, into the so wrestling cute. terminology. You need to pin the right person. So if they're the legal man, they need to tag in and out. So you have a legal competitor on both sides otherwise it is a tornado tag where both of them are legal and both of them can be pinned so you can't get disqualified it
3: makes no sense it makes
1: sense because you need to pin i agree so although you can wrap a chair around somebody's head, you still
2: need to pin the right person who is legal in the match to be fair with a no disqualification match slash hardcore whatever it should be a, a tornado tag so everyone's in at the same time but we're glad that we're not, because they just don't want Dominic Mysterio in the ring that long.
0: <laughs> it was lazy booking. I mean, well, there was, what, a chair? A chair. <laughs> a chair. Like, there was no need. It was just there a was build up the edge. We had as well. If we, look at the, if we look at the predictions, Jamie gets bugger all because he put judgment <laughs> day. Oh, yeah. wait. Stop waiting on that, all that all turn. Because he put Judgment Day. Oh wait, Dan gets bugger all because he put Judgment Day. It looks like I was the only one who picked the Mysterio, so I get the point. Oh, hell. Must must be Christmas. How? However, even though I put the Mysterios, I agree that it was still stupid. I would still. Booking wise, have put Judgment Day over because I think they've lost more matches as a faction than they've actually won. They could quite easily have done the Edge thing afterwards. Judgment Day could have won and beaten the Mysterios down, and the Edge could have then come down to make the save. The Mysterios didn't need to win mm-hmm. um, for that to happen. So that's one of the things I didn't agree with. Booking wise, on the, the paper view of the year, um, no, that that is one of my bugbears from it. But um, yeah. No. Shall we move on? The main thing (laughs) is the main thing is I got the quality point out of that. For once. Um, So then, Dan, who had the better showing on the night? Was it Logan Paul defeating The Miz, or was it our next match? Your thoughts on Pat McAfee defeating Happy Corbin?
1: For the brand, Burmas Corbin. That singing entrance where he had the choir going, Burmas Corbin. Terrible. I'll tell you what, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. He came out and had yeah, all the little bobbing heads up on the screen as well. Um, match-wise, Logan Paul match was a better match. But it still had the crowd going. He's electrifying, isn't he? He's jumping up and down, moving all around, doing the okey-pokey, and he's having fun and he's turning around. Um, yeah, I would say the Logan Paul was probably a better match out of the two. But the crowd were energised. The crowd were more energised with this match.
0: You, do you care to explain why you were the only one that's picked Baron Corbin to win on the predictions stand?
1: Well, yeah, because <laughs> from an actual, if you're having a fight, who's going to win the bare knuckle boxing champion or the guy who kicks footballs? Then the bare knuckle boxing champion is going to win. But I suppose if you look at it as a sports entertainment side of things, that we want to send everybody home happy, then mm. you're going to do that, and then all of a sudden. Oh, look, yeah, he's like the greatest commentator wrestler of all time. The fans are really happy. Yay. But, yeah, if it was an actual fight and they were in a back alley, I know who I'd pick to win every single time, and that
0: is your Mr. Happy Corbin. The, for me, it was an okay match. I thought the ending was a bit sloppy, his he's, he's finish at the yeah. end. He just about flipped over and got it, so he got away with it. Um, you know, it can't be too critical. He's not a professional wrestler. Um, therefore one could argue why is he wrestling. But um I thought the Log- Logan Paul had a better showing than Pat McAfee personally. But I thought yeah, like Pat
3: McAfee wrestles like my dad. <laughs> <laughs> <Brian. What? laughs> well I well, you know, he's like yeah, okay, he's like an ex football star, but you know, you can tell he's not like a professional WWE superstar, you know, um, he jumped up the top rope to suplex. Corbin off the top rope, he, like, landed on his knees. He tried to do the code red and he kind of, like, slipped. Like, you could tell he was, like, just trying to put the moves in. But he was just, like, I don't know. It felt like Pat McAfee was a bit, I don't know, out of breath or something like that. Like, he wasn't like quite, like, up to at mm. speed with him.
0: No, I think it's a fair point. I I tend to agree. He did look a bit blown out. But, again, he, he, he still wrestled better than Dominic Mysterio did, put it that way. Um, my, I think probably my biggest disappointment of the night and my biggest bugbear of the night was the next match, um, the Usos defeating the Street Profits. It felt, at the end, pointless for two reasons for me personally. Mm. I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on it. The first pointless side of things was at the end of it, you thought their match at the previous event was 10 times better than this one this one did just feel like a raw match and the special guest referee was pointless there was no guitar spot he didn't get involved there was no oh is he going to help this team win is he going to help this team win he was only there for the Nashville pop. that was it there was no need for the special guest referee there was no real need for the match like i said it could take place on raw for me jamie it was disappointing
2: i thought you were gonna say terrible if there wasn't a it word for it, terrible.
0: It, it wasn't it. terrible because it wasn't a terrible match because they're both very good teams, but it was just the it was it was pointless. So there was no need for the match and there was no need for the referee.
2: Yeah, I, no, because it was in Tennessee. That's literally the only reason Jeff Jarrett was there. But this match, the next match, and the previous match were just terrible. Like it started off really great. The show it was. And then. Are you just saying this because you were the only one that picked
0: the Street Profits to win?
2: Storyline wise, it makes sense. Yeah. Like, you look logistically, they should have won. There was no title changes at SummerSlam, one of the biggest events of the year. There was no title changes whatsoever. 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 Like, it was just a. The pay-per-view was okay. There should have been a title check. Maybe if Street Profits won, maybe it would have been a little bit better. But there was just no reason whatsoever why the Usos are just going to carry on doing this. Who Logistically, who are the team that are going to beat the Usos now? They've beaten everyone. There is no team. I was thinking this earlier. There is no it's, team. It's they're surely going to be. They're going to do it. Well, uh, that ish. doesn't make any sense. There isn't anyone. The male models are going to fucking beat the Usos at this rate. Needs to wrestle first.
0: I think it needs to be the winner of the Viking Raiders New Day feud. Whoever wins yeah. that feud will beat the Usos. And, and you can see of
2: Dan's face. Way. It doesn't make sense. think if the Street Profits won that at the biggest... It should have been Ronda Rousey versus Liv Morgan. Then it should have been this match. And then have the Street Profits go over. You would have had that moment of the Ronda Rousey heel turn, which I predicted, by the way. That would have happened. I think the crowd would have, have been just up. like, "Oh no, Liv Morgan's like." You would have that down bit of Liv Morgan getting absolutely twatted. Then you'd have that rise of the Street Profits winning the title. Everything's great, and then it would go into the Roman Reigns Brock Lesnar match. Like yeah. that's how it should have been constructed. Well, let's just failed it completely, and there is no it. other team out there. It's let's ridiculous. talk
0: about the next match as well then, Dan. So, Liv Morgan and Ronda Rouse, let's talk about them together. I actually enjoyed it. So, yeah All right. So, the, let's brush over the match itself, because the match was okay. Let's move straight on to the ending, because that's what people are interested in.
3: Yeah,
1: the I mean, the end, yeah. I think it was great. You know, you, you're saying... Realistically, you know, we were saying last week, we want Liv to win. But realistically, if you're having an Olympian, an absolute beast versus Watch Me, and, you know, I used to work in Hooters, which one do you realistically think is going to win? You're like, well, Ronda Rousey's going to batter her. And the whole way through the match, it was, I've hurt her arm, now I'm going to go and tap her out. She kept getting to the ropes. She kept getting a toe on the rope every single time. Then all of a sudden, no, I'm definitely, I'm going to break your arm unless you tap. So she puts her in the arm bar, but she just managed to get enough um, elevation that the ref's down and he pins one, two, three. The problem with the tap out, unless the ref can see that tap was out... was before the three. Yeah, but unless the referee <laughs> sees it, it doesn't matter. And you could see exactly where the ref was and Liv, yeah, Liv tapped out. To be fair, they could have just done it That it was a quick... Why don't spin. they go to
0: replays?
1: Yeah, they could do, but they spot the referee sees at the end of the day. And the referee was down there and he saw the one, two, three. And Rhonda. She's supposed to be quite an intelligent human being and she's competed in multi-sports and multi-olympics. Should know that the referee is looking at the shoulders. She's got ears as well, and she She can hear one, two, three being pounded on the mat. It's her fault for we being also done that and not realize what the hand pattern
2: is. on her arm when it was at yeah. two. Yeah.
1: I like the storytelling. Because <laughs> at first I didn't see it happen. And Joe goes, Oh, she tapped out there as well. I'm like, what? And I had to see the replay. All I saw was the shoulders being on the map. And Joe said he saw the, the tap out happening. So, oh, hang on, what's going on here? Um, You know, and then Ronda snaps afterwards. She beats up the referee. And now it's been announced that she's indefinitely suspended as well. So in other words, she's having a couple of weeks on a private island. But you know what? I enjoyed it. And it means that Liv can now go on. Who's going to challenge Liv next? Is it going to be Raquel Rodriguez? Is it going to be Shayna Baszler? It's, yeah, that would be pretty cool if Shayna that started going after her. And then it's Sheena Baszler versus Ronda Rousey. That'd be pretty funky. Um, But it leads on to bigger and better things. And I thought the actual storytelling in the match, pardon me, was actually decent. And I actually enjoyed it to be fair. I thought it was really decent. It was better than I thought it was going to be.
0: Joe, would you be interested to know that me and you were the only ones that picked Liv Morgan in the predictions? Both Jamie and Dan went with Ronda Rousey.
3: Yeah. We kind of like predicted the end of the match. We're like, as we said, you know, Ronda Rousey is a legitimate fighter. You know, if you put them in a legitimate fight, yeah, Ronda Rousey will win all day long. But we all kind of said, oh, there's going to be like a quick roll-up or a screwy finish. And that's exactly what happened. Like, it doesn't hurt Ronda to lose in this way because she's got a legitimate gripe and then she's attacked the official after she's held the hold on for far too long. And now Ronda Rousey's officially healed. You know, I think she's better as a heel. And whenever this suspension ends, Royal Rumble, you know she comes back even stronger. You know, I never, I never officially like you know you tapped. You know, yeah, okay, you pinned me, but you also tapped at the same time, so she's she's still in that number one contender spot. Yeah, as Dad said, I'll give her a couple of weeks off. Give like. Carl Rodriguez or something like
0: that of oh, Sheila Beasley a shot at it at uh, Clash of the Castle. Well this is what from a selfish standpoint I'm worried about is that she's definitely getting suspended on, on Smackdown isn't she on She's Biden. already been suspended she already already been? Next, oh, There yeah. you go then, so she ain't in class, so we don't get to see her oh, yeah, bad she's, on a, she's on her island She's on her island Dear Lord Right then, as we move on to, oh it's important to note as well Um, There was no Seth Rollins and Riddle match. There was a confrontation, um, but of course we won't include that in our uh, our points, should I say.
2: Did anyone go for Riddle? Because he got laid uh, out, so I reckon Seth Rollins
0: gets the point. Yes, it was (laughs) Dan who went for Riddle. (laughs) But don't worry, we're not counting it. We're not counting it. What we are counting, though, is the main event. And we're counting two things. We're counting the winner of the main event and indeed anybody Joe, <coughs> who yeah. said that there would be a cash in and a new champ. Because if I remember rightly, we said anybody that predicted it lost two points. I think we said five points and then we took it down to two points, didn't we? And we said two points because it was yeah. too harsh to take off five.
2: It was just lose one point, you said.
0: Did I say lose one point? Did I say lose two points? Lose one. Let's go with lose one. Lose one. Lose one.
2: Yeah. That, that's fair. We'll lose one. Game so,
0: lose one. We'll start with... Well, I might as well start since I'm talking. I thought it was a very entertaining main event. Somebody said online the best last man standing match I've ever seen. It's definitely the best what? last man standing match I've seen for a hell of a long time. And I'm only saying that because I can't think back long enough from all about like, Roman like, Reigns yeah, and Kevin yeah, Owens, Owens really. where they
2: handcuffed him and he couldn't get terrible. up for a ten count <laughs> and he, we the better than because that. he couldn't get out of the handcuff
0: There isn't a worse, for him, <laughs> but if there was it would be terrible
2: He um, couldn't get out of the handcuffs, Kevin Owens won that match
0: <laughs> It was definitely the best last man standing match in recent memory, by recent memory I mean the last five to ten years if there, were, there may very well have been one before that that I can't think of at the moment but you know we spoke about the spot earlier, very very well done We all went with Reigns to retain, which I don't think anybody's surprised about. But I was happy with how strong they made Lesnar look to the point where it didn't annoy me that he didn't win. Because I I thought the crowd would get a bit and I thought everyone kind of get a bit like, oh, you know, yes, we're happy Lesnar hasn't won. But at the same time, Reigns has won again. But I think the way in which they did it, we've seen the spot before where they pile multiple things on top of people. But I don't know this just kind of felt like it was done in a better way because of the upper hand that Lesnar had. I think he had the upper hand in the match, the way that they were doing things. And, you know, it took both users, it took Theory, it took Reigns, all in the end to kind of lend a hand to beat him. And, you know, the pilot on top of everything. I don't think they could have booked the match better. And the spot with the digger just added that extra bit of entertainment in it for me. With the,
2: Piling on top of things again. This is just a small gripe for myself. If you're throwing more stuff on top, why are you still counting? Surely the count should have started when he did everything. You know, if, know if you played the, you know if you play the old WWE games, if you ever kicked somebody on the floor, they would start the count again. So when you're, he was already on like the five six count by the time he threw everything on him, and he still stood on him when he was all the up to eight. So it's mm. kind of like, well, that's a bit unfair. You might as well just stand on top of him and start punching him on the floor then, and that counts. It's a good point, I think. Um, and to be fair, when he brought the tractor, I thought that how kind of the match was going to end. I thought they were going to put him underneath the... Uh, well, that's what I
0: thought. I thought he was going to lower tractor, it. And, and it, he's trap yeah. him on it and go,
2: oh, I can't <laughs> move. That's what I thought. I thought they were going to do that
3: as well, JB I thought, oh, what, has just just go ready move with the tractor. <laughs>
2: yeah. Well, I thought like Paul Heyman would like control it, and Roman Reigns would keep him in place, and then he would just put it down, and Brock Lesnar won't be able to move. And that's a legitimate way to kind of keep him down, rather than like
0: the only bit I did rubble. think but, the only bit I did think was a bit weak was when he put Reigns in the actual scoop of the tractor and then tipped him out into the yeah. ring, and it was like wasn't wasn't really quite high enough. It was. It was only really about level with the top rope. It'd only be like if he just kind of like flopped off the top rope type thing. But I think well, the, I thought, the intention
2: was going I thought he was going to get up and F5 him off it. I thought he was going to like basically walk Ugh. off it. You know, when he jumped off it before, when he was stood in it. I thought I thought he was going to go grab him and then like pick him up and like try and F5 How him How good there. would that have been?
0: He should have exactly. done no, they, This is why I should have. be
2: booking the show.
0: We, of course, got Theory coming out at the end as well, which I think we all thought was at least going to happen. He was going to make an appearance, whether he successfully cashed in or not. I'm happy to say.
2: Can we just add as well that I was right and once again, you were wrong. If Theory entered the match, it would become a triple threat match. They
0: did say that. They did say he's
2: going to turn into a triple threat. Didn't Um, say
0: triple threat last night's standing match, though, did they? No, well, very <laughs> true. Um, but no, I think they they booked that right. I'm happy he didn't cash in yet because I didn't want him to lose and at the same time, I still stick by what I'm Because saying.
2: we're going to see it at clash at the castle. But
0: no, he needs to be holding that till next year. To me, he needs to have a long run and build himself more. It's too early, it's too soon. Ben, He's holding the title
2: hostage, Drew, Drew McIntyre needs to win at clash at the castle just to get Theory to cash in at him. And think of all those Welsh fans booing, yeah. lifting that title to end clash at the castle.
0: Yeah, all the Welsh fans booing the fact that the Scottish person didn't walk out of the uh, <laughs> the event with the title. Yeah,
1: um, it's right. Strange. Um, it's strange seeing or oh, hearing wrestlers say Cardiff. It's like I've never heard that Cardiff being said in America anyway. But then you're like, yeah, I'm gonna
2: be in Car. I'm gonna be in Cardiff next month. We- like <laughs> where? Can we just talk about those two stupid things as well of Drew McIntyre coming out, chatting shit? And oh, he did. He Kane had a promo, out, didn't he? Oh, shit. I
0: forgot about that. Well, that was pointless. Kane <laughs> being there, obviously. He uh, just to announce as
2: attendance. it's about it, uh, 27,000. Thanks, guys.
0: But he kind of like shrugged his shoulders <laughs> but, as if to go, yeah, that was pointless, What? not What an absolute. to <laughs> say that? Was? Then he went, oh, yeah, better do me pyro. Boom. Um, that was delayed. Yeah, it
2: the was what, delayed.
0: The
3: water outfit was the best. Which was that? Um, where the maximum male models like did a like a yeah. pure, like, ah yes they, like, the pure water.
0: that made me laughy. At least that's entertaining. Particularly
1: um, to your senses.
0: Prediction wise, then we all got a point. Now then, this is where gets it gets interesting. Don't
2: lose the point
0: because the points stand as Jamie forty nine. Joe 40, Dan 39, and Taryn 39 also. However, I haven't taken off Joe's points, which puts him on 39. So Jamie's 10 clear at 49, and we are. And can I just say, I'm pretty sure tight. I turned
2: lowest on this pay per view. You
0: did by two points.
2: Because I, like, I might as well risk it, and that's how oh, I would have booked it. Just he shows did. how clear I am, how clear away I am. So it's like John on the quiz.
0: He's ten yeah, points no ahead to all of us. <laughs> yeah. Quick grading, then I said a B plus, Jamie.
2: C plus.
0: Joe. B plus. Dan. A. I was sports entertained, my tribal chief. <laughs> and not even an A minus. No A. It was an, an A. a. Brilliant. Okay. Brilliant. And that Brilliant. was SummerSlam We look forward As we always do to Clash At the Castle next yeah. month Birdie. Joe, do you Have a quiz to finish us off this week?
3: Yeah, well, a Lord and See your Triple H has come back, so it's a Triple H quiz oh dear Lord.
0: Right, Ooh. let's do Ten questions, one
3: would assume On Triple H, yeah okay. So, question Number one what was triple h's original rig name so when he first started out in the wrestler business what was his rig name mm. okay okay question okay, number yeah. two who trains triple h so who was triple h's trainer oh I, I only read this the
1: other day as well
3: oh no place okay After will have to put that i don't know Triple H was in a tag team with William Regal at WCW, but what was the tag team's name? What was the title of the tag team name?
0: Thank God I've been listening to the Regal podcast.
3: Look <laughs> at Jamie Googling the answers. I'm oh, on my phone I'm writing the answers. Question number four. This is a true or false question. True. Trip- <laughs> Triple H has lost just under half of his matches. Is that true or false? Oh. Is this just WWE? Just WWE yeah as Triple H so is it true or false is uh Triple H lost just under half of his batteries? is that true or false? Okay yeah okay time to play the game now Question number five a bit of the um uh Dave Meltzer's question here. How many matches okay, yeah. has Triple H had that have been rated at least four stars by Dave Meltzer? At least four stars? Though. At least four stars. In his entire
0: career?
3: In his entire career, how many matches were, late, were at least rated four stars? Okay. A four-star okay. minimum.
0: Okay. Jamie has disappeared. I hope and assume he's heard that question, but let's move on to number six. Oh yes. Uh,
3: Question number six: What does Triple H stand for? So, what does the H stand for? Oh, I thought his real name was Triple H. No, you've broken the rules. <laughs> okay. Eight. Question number seven: How many times has Motorheads played for Triple H to WrestleMania? So, when Triple H comes out and Motorhead are playing his theme song, how many times have they done that at WrestleMania? What? Okay. Uh, question number eight: What year was the first NXT TV show? So I'm not talking about the one with Daniel Bryan and Wade Barrett. I'm talking about when it was like the Black and Gold brand and it started on like they had their own TV show And it was like we... you know oh, well, the
1: proper
0: one. Why am I writing? I was about to write 1990 somewhere. Dear Lord. Let's go with
3: that Uh,
1: You've
0: just got to think of when the Shield debuted
3: Minus one No
0: no No
3: no uh, Jamie do you need me to repeat anything
0: No I think he's good
3: Okay uh, question number nine What year did Triple H debut in the WWE So when did he join the WWE
1: What year what What year did he debut just to confirm, yeah. I, heard,
2: I heard most of um, it, but question eight was when was the first NXT TV show, did you say? Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so yeah, like. The, I did hear it fine. Yeah. The branded one, so like,
3: well, not the, brand the, NXT, rea- not not, not the yeah. reality show. Yeah. Yeah, the branded one,
2: like, not the Daniel Bryan one, like. Real TV NXT. Show. Yeah. yeah. Black yeah. and gold era. Yeah. yeah. And then last
3: question, question ten, for a point each, can you name all the members of the
2: clique?
3: Okay, yeah. Including Triple H. Yeah, so you know Triple H is one, what the other ones? That's a point right there. <laughs> I'd, I'd be nice, I'll give you a point for Triple H because, yeah. How many in total, Joe? One, two, three, four, five including Triple H. Boom. Ashton. It's a nice there easy one Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right, everyone ready? Okay. Um, are you word? ready? <laughs> uh question when uh what was Triple H's original ring name before, um, when he first started wrestling Taron?
2: Terror rising. Jamie? Terrorising.
3: Dan? It was uh
1: terror uh, rising
3: Yeah, terror rising, correct. Question two, who trades Triple H to be a wrestler, Dad? Killer Kowalski, yeah. Yeah. Um Jamie Tarron have you got that?
2: I mean, you you just said yes, so yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah, no, I, so did I, that yeah, I no, no uh, I, I, I
0: didn't. I put Greg Valentine. Okay, cool.
3: Um, question three: Who teamed with Triple H? uh what? Sorry, um, sorry, um, sorry. Um, sorry um, Triple H uh win the winner, winner, taxi, WCW. What did they call? Sorry, excuse me. Uh, Jamie.
2: They're the Blue Bloods. Yes. Yeah.
0: I yeah. assume everyone else we've, got that. We've been listening oh, yes. to the podcast. We've been watching Nitro.
2: You're behind No Taron, aren't you? I um
0: No, I'm not. I'm on the. You were on the Cesaro one now, so... last time. Oh, yeah, no, no. I'm on the latest one now. we about halfway through. I listened to the British wrestling one. Ooh.
2: That so was right. Really and cool. can we just take a moment to uh, thank our sponsors, uh, Blue Chew? Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh. <laughs>
3: Question four. True or false, Triple H has lost just under half of his
0: matches, Dan. Charuwa. Karen. I'm going to say falsey. I'm going to say he's won just over half his matches. And Jamie? Uh, <laughs> <Genie.
2: laughs> if he's lost under half, that means he's won over half. <laughs> what?
0: <laughs> no, he's lost over half of his matches. So, I'm saying that's not true.
2: Yeah, sure. Let's go for it. I went true anyway. It's false. It's false. He's he's won most of
0: his
3: matches. That's that's what I just said! Yeah, he's won 51%. There
0: we go.
3: What a question. Yeah. (laughs) I was trying to work out the percentages. I'm like, yeah, he's like, so he's just won... won
0: 51-49. It's 50-50, isn't it, so... I'm, it's, like it's a point tonight, for me yeah. that's all you need to
3: know <laughs> okay question number five how many matches has Triple H had that have been rated in at least five uh, sorry four stars by Dave Meltzer Dan? again me again why me every time? Uh, 25 <laughs>
0: uh, Jamie?
2: I only went for four Darren? <laughs> I,
0: I was toying between two and three and I went for three
2: I went for three and then changed it to four
3: <laughs> dad. Exactly right, he's twenty-five. Eh? Yeah, I, I, I haven't told him the answers to this. He's exactly right twenty five. He's got the answers in front of him. Well no, it'll be like two or
1: Twenty
2: five four star, star matches. If it was oh, yeah.
3: five star matches,
1: then yeah, be he, I bet, he one one, one, I bet he, you he's not had he
2: one what I bet you he's not had one No chance. Well, yeah, well yeah, Undertaker. Was that a
0: five
1: star match? It's got, it's got to be. It's like right.
2: people say it's like one of their best. Uh,
0: time four point seven five know. that
2: it's okay. not as good as Shawn Michaels, though, is it? And if you give him that five stars, you can't give the Triple H one No, five
0: never had a five-star match. The highest one he's had is... His a... Undertaker, 4.75. Uh, uh, yes, it does say 4.75, but it does say which one I assume it will be that. Yeah,
2: sorry, uh, <laughs> sorry. It's not as good uh, as Shawn Michaels, it can't be.
3: Okay,
0: question number six, what does Triple H stand for, Claren? Uh
2: Paul Levesque, Hunter
0: Hearst Helmsley. <laughs> Jamie.
2: Uh Hunter the Hurst, Helmsley.
3: Um Hunter who is Helmsley. Correct. Uh question seven. How many times has Milt Head played for Triple H to WrestleMania, Jamie?
2: For Ray.
0: Farron? Twice. Seventeen and nineteen. Um I put twice as well. Yeah, it's two times. I knew it. 17 yeah. and 9. Do I get five bonus points for naming which <laughs> WrestleMania as weren't you? And Dan will no, still beat you. Yeah. Yeah.
3: I should get bonus points for getting that one spot on with
0: 25.
3: Yeah, fair. <laughs> one. Um, question seven what, uh, what year was the first Alex TV show? You know, the proper. No, this is question eight, seven? isn't it? Uh, yeah. Sorry,
0: eight.
3: Yeah. Eight, eight, yeah. yeah. Eight. First year of NXT. Yeah. Yeah. What was the first year of LXC, Dan?
0: 2013. Aaron? I thought it was a bit later. I've probably gone too late, Put 2016.
2: <laughs> yeah, I went 2013 as well.
0: Yeah, 2013. Has it really been that
2: long, Jesus? They debuted at Survivor it's Series because 2014. only I watched Broken School Sammy Zane the other day and he basically said it. Yeah.
1: So. yeah. I just look at when The Shield debuted Said Survivor Series 2014 and the Seth Rollins was the inaugural champion, so it would have been a year before.
0: Yeah, no, fair
3: enough. Cool. Um, what year did Triple H debut with WWE Paran? Oh, 96. Uh,
1: oh, cool. Now, nah, 96 was when he was going to win King of the Ring, but the oh, um, incident, so he couldn't. Uh, it was beforehand. It was either 93 or 94. I went for 94. Oh. d b And I went in between at it, it, it's
2: 95. It'll be 95. It's, not, it's not as early it's as 94. Yeah. 95. Yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah, but yeah. And then
3: last question, question of time for Puggy. Hey, surely we've can all got all, all, five all the it. members of the clique? <laughs> Sam, um,
1: Triple H, yes, Shawn Michaels, yes, factual Shawn Malman, yes, um, Scott Hall, aka yes. Razor Ramon,
3: and uh, Kevin Nash, aka
0: yes.
2: are,
3: are our Big Daddy Diesel. They
0: and are exactly a, the five
3: I got. Yes, Jamie. I've
2: got them as well.
3: Yeah, correct. Kevin Nash, Scott Hall. Xpack, Sean Watman, Sean Michaels, had Triple H himself. Ugh.
2: Okay,
3: what's well, um,
0: Is that five points? Is that a point? Yeah, get
3: a point for each. Yeah. Twelve. No, that means I got ten full.
1: Marks, I got ten as well. <laughs> Dad
0: guess
3: twelve, did he say?
0: I oh my, he dear lord, my dear lord! lord! Right, let's bang his point on that, but. Dan's still at the top at twelve points, Jamie on five, me on four, and Joe on three. Who is Is your turn, Jamie, next week, isn't it?
2: Um no, it is back. Well
1: to it'll Dan. just be you two. Um so I don't know if you guys have a quiz next week because unfortunately. Yes, we'll be you our, two we'll are away on your
0: lovely holiday, aren't you? We'd be on a boat. Indeed you do, indeed you do. Well, we'll make a conscious decision of whether to have a week off on a holiday like <laughs> you guys
2: will. Let's just, let's just or, do a quiz and not. just give Taryn a point. <laughs>
0: yes, do it all. Um, well, we'll, well, for any, anyone fun. listening out there, we'll, we'll judge how the wrestling's been within the next week to decide whether or not we take <laughs> a week off or whether whether we record. We will... <laughs> We will see, but hopefully there'll be... But I
1: wanted to listen to you both when I'm on a beach in San Marino.
0: It's only worth doing a show if there's something to talk about. If there's something to talk about, we'll absolutely do an hour. Don't you worry about that. How long are you away on your holidays for? Uh, Two weeks. So we'll need to do a show the week after as well. Yeah, well, you do shows. It's a weekly wrestling podcast. We like hearing your voice. With a brand new, brand spanking logo as well. I mean, I love that logo. Absolutely perfect that is. There you go. Right then. Well, thank you very much, Joe. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Um, Yes, Dan and Joe, enjoy your holiday for the next two weeks. We will endeavour to do a couple of shows without you. Um, But, Dan, where can everybody in the meantime find us on the socials? Yeah, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. We are Grapplecast Show. You can also uh, make
1: sure that you subscribe so you never miss an episode and it downloads straight away when it's released. But we're also on the social media. We're on the Twitter, the Instagram, the Facebook. Get our live
0: updates, our thoughts, and our opinions. And yeah, tell your friends, guys. Fantastic. And over to you, Jamie.
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess without further ado, I bid you a good night and. Goodbye,
0: terror guys. Ring the bell.